Okay, so we are working our way through Revelation 21, and this is still month number eight. This will be week number 37, and I am of the opinion that two weeks today I will have completed Revelation, and therefore three weeks today, Lord willing, I will commence Second Corinthians. I'm not sure where the last 30-something weeks have gone, but it's been a great blessing for me to work my way through the book of Revelation and try and understand this incredible book. So last week we were... In uh, Revelation 21, and we got up to verse 14, and I read it again. And the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. I won't spend any more time speculating as to who the twelfth member is going to be, but when I think about New Jerusalem, I see two things. Number one, that the twelve tribes of Israel are going to have some role to play. They're going to be allowed to experience this incredible uh, object. It's going to be somewhat of a cube-shaped object. Some people think it's a double pyramid. Others think it's a cube-shaped or cube-shaped object. I'm of the opinion that it's going to be more like a cube-shaped object. So the 12 tribes of Israel are going to be, like I say, a part of it, along with the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Look at verse 15, please, from Revelation 21. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. From Revelation chapter uh, 11, the uh, description is given of a reed like unto a rod. That's 11 verse 1. Concerning the measurements of the temple of God, the third temple. So you've got a reed from 11.1, but by uh, 2115 you've got a golden reed and he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city new jerusalem of course and the gates thereof and the wall thereof this will be some kind of an exclusive creation it's a gift from god the father to god the son it's going to be a place where we will abode forever and i think it's fair to say that our mansions spoken of from John 14, are going to be found in the New Jerusalem. You've got a wall thereof. So this wall is going to keep people out. And people say that sounds very exclusive. A lot of talk about Trump's wall. A lot of talk about building the wall. And people say that's very isolationist. People say it's very uh, hostile. It's very unfriendly. And yet, if you go to Rome, the Pope has this huge wall that surrounds his palace. If you go to Buckingham Palace in London, there's a huge wall there. If you go to Downing Street, they have gates, railings to keep people out. If you go to the White House, they have railings outside to keep people out. Why would it be any different when it comes to New Jerusalem? Look at 16 from Revelation 21. And the city lieth four square, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. So, like I say, there are two views when it comes to trying to understand the measurements, the uh, description or what this thing really looks like. Two views. It's going to be a double pyramid or a cube. Now, I'm going to go for the latter. And I've spent the last few days trying to comprehend this object which will come from heaven. It will probably hover over the new earth. The city lieth four square, so there's four points to it, like a square or a cube. The length is as large as the breadth, 
and he measured the city with a reed, 12,000 furlongs, which in modern English is around 1,500 miles. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. So, if you were to get into a car and drive for 72 hours non-stop, you will have completely driven throughout the entire um, size of New Jerusalem. Or put it this way, when I was, I think, 19, I was offered a trip to Italy. And I was offered a trip via a coach. Never done it before. And uh, would never do it again. It was a killer. And I got on this coach. And I was told at the time that it would take 24 hours from London to Lake Garda. Okay, 24 hours, London to Lake Garda. And it was somewhat of an experience. Let me put it that way. We stopped twice for an hour in Switzerland and an hour in Germany. I almost got deep vein thrombosis. I hadn't appreciated that sitting down for long periods of time is very dangerous. People can die from it. And when I got to Lake Garda, a very beautiful part of Italy, one of the first things I did was arrange a flight back to the UK like seven days later. Never again. But here's the thing. 24 hours from London to Lake Garda. Or put it this way, if you were to fly from Manchester to Barcelona, that is around 860 miles. If you were to drive from Manchester to Barcelona, that is 1,100 plus miles. So not quite, not quite 1,500 miles, but pretty near. It gives you some idea as to the size of New Jerusalem. Or, as one American preacher put it this way, if you were to lay New Jerusalem flat on the ground, it would cover from... Boston to Miami, Miami to Denver, Denver to Buffalo, and in total that will give you 18 American states. Now from the top of the UK, like Scotland, down to the bottom of the UK, like Cornwall, is no more than 550 miles. Britain's a very small country. But if you were to go from Manchester into Europe, say Manchester to Bulgaria, perhaps, then you've got around... 1500 miles then turn around and go back and then draw a square at the bottom or let me start again if you were to go from left to right if you were to drive left to right that's 1500 miles if you were to go from the bottom to the top and back down again that gives you a total distance of say four and a half thousand miles if you were to look at it from the standpoint of an aircraft if you jump on a plane and you fly from a to b a typical commercial jet flies at 33,000 feet in the air. That's around six and a half miles. As of now, as far as I know, Britain, America, Israel, Canada, China, Russia don't have any jet that can fly so high, so high in the sky. 1,500 miles. This creation of the Lord, this future aspect of his glory that is going to be given to the Son as a gift to his bride, is so difficult to comprehend. 16 one more time and I'll move on. And the city, New Jerusalem, lieth four square, four points to it. And the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed, 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. So it's the same going up, it's the same coming down, and the base is the same as well. 17. And he measured the wall thereof, and hundred and forty-four cubits, according to the measure of a man, that is of the angel. You've got a wall, 
an hundred and forty and four cubits, which in modern English is around two hundred and sixty four feet high. And I measured that this morning, and two hundred and sixty four feet high is around half a mile. Go back to the Trump Wall for one moment, if you will. If that wall gets built, it's going to be very ambitious. It will take a long time to build. But I guarantee this, it won't be half a mile high. No way. Go back to Downing Street. Go back to Buckingham Palace. Go back to the White House. Go back to the Kremlin. Go back to any wall anywhere in the world. You won't find any man-made wall that is half a mile high. And like I say, this wall is built, A, to protect the Lord's people, because there is a chance of contamination from verse 27. And again, it pictures the fact that once you are saved, you are forever with the Lord. In fact, that piece of scripture from Luke 16, concern the rich man and the beggar, and Father Abraham says to the rich man in hell that there's a great gulf fixed between you and us. You can't come to us. We can't come to you. We can't cross from here to there, or vice versa, your eternal abode is fixed. But 17 is interesting, because two things. First of all, you are told that the wall is around half a mile in height, but also in reference to the measurements of an angel. Now, it could just be, and I won't say this is uh, definitely doctrinal, uh, or I won't offer this as uh, a fact per se, but I will offer it as a thought, that it could just be that in eternity we know that everything is much larger people think that adam and eve were much larger than people today people think that noah and his sons were much larger like taller the average man is around five foot seven in height if you make it to five ten five eleven six foot you're doing pretty well i know when i was at school one of my science teachers was six foot four he was a big chap and i've known some women that are around six foot in height that's pretty tall as well but it could just be that this angel from 17, if my understanding is correct, could be 260 feet high. Could be that this angel is going to be half a mile high or half a mile tall. It's food for thought. Everything in heaven, everything in eternity is much larger. Mansions, foundations, gates, so on and so forth. I will offer some more material to that shortly. And yet for here and now, things are much smaller. Look at 18. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper. And the city was pure gold, like under clear glass. So we know, of course, that gold is the highest commodity that you can get your hands on. When a currency starts to run, like, uh, like sterling, or the dollar, or the yen, or the euro, normally gold shoots up in value. You can't get around it. Gold, of course, from scripture is a type of God the Father. So... It makes sense to me that New Jerusalem, this present, this wedding gift, if you will, from the Father to the Son, uh, via the body of Christ, is going to be the best of the best. Almighty God wants his Son to enjoy the best of the best. It makes sense, of course, and therefore gold is going to be something which you can't surpass. You can't beat it. You can't improve on it. 19. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones, the first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a chosensary, the fourth an emerald, the fifth sardonce, the sixth sardis, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth a topaz, the tenth a chrysopus, the eleventh a jacinth, 
the twelfth and amethyst. If you go back to the Old Testament, if you think of that account of Jacob when he's just wrestled with the angel of the Lord, a Christophany, a term to describe Almighty God pre the incarnation, and it speaks about him finding some stones and laying or using those stones as an altar. Now, think about it this way. Simon Peter is called a stone. Cephas means a stone. Cephas means a pebble. The church is built on the apostles and the prophets, Christ Jesus being the chief cornerstone. So go back to the Old Testament. You've got Jacob laying some physical stones, literal stones in preparation for the temple. Fast forward to the New Testament, you've got the apostles built on stones, being themselves, of course, and the prophets and Christ Jesus making it a complete building or a complete operation or a final completion. Or put it this way, Old Testament, a literal temple. New Testament, a spiritual temple. Old Testament, Jacob takes some stones and he starts the process of building a literal temple. Fast forward to the New Testament, the apostles are going to be that spiritual temple. You get the idea, I think. 21, and the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every several gate was a one pearl, and the street of the city was pure glass, as it were transparent glass. So I sat down yesterday afternoon to try and work out this description for the pearls. If the wall is half a mile in height, if the top length or the highest points of New Jerusalem is 1,500 miles in height, then go back to what I just said a few moments ago. Everything is going to be a lot larger. So therefore, you've got pearls. And these pearls are, are built into 12 gates. Now, if the gate is anywhere near as high as the wall, now the wall again, just to recap, is 264 feet high, which is around half a mile. So let's say the pearls are going to be half of that. You are looking at huge pearls. You're, you know, you're looking at pearls which you can't really comprehend. But it goes back to a palace far greater than we've seen on the face of the earth. I mean, when Chichasco fell, when Marcus fell, when Saddam fell, when Gaddafi fell, those guys had palaces. And those people stormed into those palaces, raided those palaces, and fled with the booty, like they say. But those palaces are nothing compared to such a description. Twelve gates, twenty-one, were twelve pearls. So you've got twelve pearls either inside or attached to these twelve gates or built in to such gates. So I don't quite understand it. If you think of that account from Ezekiel 28 about Lucifer being the anointed cherub, it speaks about a music box of some kind being built into him. He would uh, play music. He would praise the Lord. It speaks about the angels of God rejoicing over in uh, Job chapter 1. The sons of God, always a description for angels, singing together. So you've got some description here that I don't quite understand of pearls either inside of these 12 gates or somehow affiliated to these 12 gates. And they could be up to around half a mile in height. Incredible. And the latter parts of 21. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass, like see-through glass. I saw a video on Facebook, maybe three or four months ago, 
of a skyscraper in Shanghai, I think. And it was very interesting to watch. You had some guy using his cell phone to film his friends visiting this skyscraper in Shanghai. And it was one of those transparent glasses. You know, you see straight through the glass, one of those see-through glasses. I'm sure you've all seen them. And you walk along, you walk across them, and you can see right down to the bottom of the skyscraper, like 50 floors down. Terrifying. And these guys are walking back and forth over this transparent glass, see-through glass, call it what you will. And one of the guys has a panic attack. He starts to go crazy. He starts to go hysterical because he thinks he's going to fall to his death. And one of his friends has to drag him, and I mean drag him, away from this part of the skyscraper because as far as he was uh, aware he could fall to his death it's very interesting to watch but that gives you some idea i think as to what we're reading about from 2121 the street of the city was pure gold and i mean pure gold as it were transparent glass and i saw no temple therein for the lord god almighty and the lamb are the temple of it now For today, for those of us which are saved, for those of us which are rejoicing, because today is Resurrection Sunday, we know that we don't need to be part of a building per se. Scripture says where two or three gather in the name of Christ, he is there in the midst of us. We know from 1 Corinthians 3 and 6, going into into chapter 11, that our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We don't need to be a part of a building. We don't need to go into a place and call ourselves church people. My point is this. For the church age, there is no temple. And for the millennium, going into eternity, for the body of Christ, there is no temple either. Now, it is true that for the Jews, that will be very busy on the new earth, which is probably going to be a reduced earth or a redesigned earth. I don't think the earth as we see it today, will be completely burnt up. I know some people think that it will, but if you think that God the Son was conceived and crucified on this earth, I think it's pretty unlikely that the triune God, the one true God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, would completely destroy this earth. I think it's more likely they will redesign the earth, shrink it, if you will. So for the new earth, you're going to have redeemed Israel, very busy, participating in the third temple ezekiel speaks about this isaiah speaks about this and even jeremiah alludes to the third temple but for the body of christ for now and then the temple is a spiritual temple our bodies are the temple of the holy ghost and i saw no temple therein of course not the temple isn't for the church the temple will be for redeemed israel For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Lord God, a term used many times back in the Old Testament, especially in Genesis. Lord God, denoting Father, Son, and Spirit. And the Lamb, clearly in reference to Jesus Christ, are the temple of it. So for now, the triune of the Lord, the Trinity of the Lord, lives within us. Father, Son, and Spirit lives within inside of us. Literally, I don't quite understand that. But Paul makes that very clear from Galatians chapter 2. And that's why you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Let's keep reading on. 23. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. 
Back in Genesis, the scripture says, let there be light. And there was light. Christ would say he came to light every man that comes into the world. He would say he was the light of the world. So this city has no need of the sun, S-U-N, neither of the moon. Why? For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. So when you arrive in New Jerusalem, the Father and the Son, explicitly spoken of here in 23, and no doubt the Spirit, indirectly, will lighten it, will heat it up, if you will, will be the source of all that you need. And they will shine in it, they will create some kind of power for those of us which are saved to rejoice in. Again, I don't quite understand how this is going to work. I don't know any preacher anywhere on the face of the earth that really understands New Jerusalem. I spent some time yesterday looking online at videos about New Jerusalem, and unfortunately there's much junk out there. A lot of SDA rubbish, a lot of Mormon rubbish, a lot of charismatic rubbish. People saying that if you keep the commandments of God, off you go into New Jerusalem. Listen, you can't keep the commandments of the Lord. I wish people could get that clear. If you're born again, praise the Lord. Even after you are born again, you still fail. If you don't believe me, go back to Acts 15, where Peter speaks about that burden of trying to keep the law. New Jerusalem is a gift. It's like grace. It's a gift. And if you are saved, that's where you will spend all of eternity inside New Jerusalem. Your mansion, John 14, will be inside New Jerusalem. New Jerusalem will come down from heaven, probably the third heaven, and hover over the new earth or the redesigned earth. I don't think this earth, one more time, is going to be completely destroyed. I know Peter says that it's going to be burnt up. I don't know if he means literally burnt up, like completely eradicated for all of eternity. If that were the case, then what about Calvary? What about Christ's precious blood being shed on the earth? I think it's going to be a reduced earth. And like I say, New Jerusalem will hover over such a new earth. Look at 24, please. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth shall bring their glory and honor into it. Think of the Magi's for one moment, Matthew chapter 2. The Magi's were thought of as being kings, certainly very special men, and they traveled a long distance to come to worship the Lord. They would give him gifts. Of course, you know that account very well. It's spoken of every Christmas time. Three men, armed escort, gifts presented to the newborn king, picturing what we're reading about this morning. The nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, not enter into New Jerusalem. So it seems to me that during the millennium, people that go into such uh, a place or people that go into the new earth, those that were saved at the end of the tribulation, are going to perhaps remain in their geographical boundaries. For example, let's say you get saved in the tribulation and you are a Spaniard. You go into the millennium as a Spaniard. Let's say you get saved in the tribulation as a Brit. You go into the millennium as a Brit. Let's say you get saved in the tribulation as an American. You go into the millennium as an American. Nations, you can't get around it, would be in reference to non-Jews. Because John was a Jew, and he's speaking about the nations, the Gentile nations. Listen, if you're not a Jew, by default, you are a Gentile. You are thought of as being the nations. In fact, even the Islamic nations 
are Gentiles. So the nations seem to retain their geographical boundaries or their identities. At least that's what I can take from this piece of scripture. And they are saved, so they are redeemed. They're not lost, they are saved. And they walk in the light of it. They enter towards New Jerusalem. And the kings of the earth, you can't get around it, VIPs, like the Magi's. But here, kings being perhaps senior people. Perhaps rulers during the millennium, I don't know. But kings mean kings, queens mean queens, presidents mean presidents, prime ministers mean prime ministers kings of the earth to bring their glory and honor into it glory and honor and also back in the old testament it makes it very clear that if they don't come up to worship the lord he will give them famine he will give them droughts he will punish them this is mandatory and yet at the same time is something which they want to do 25 and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day for there shall be no night there so 23 no sun, 23, no moon, 25, no more night. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? And again, the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day. So a quick recap. New Jerusalem has a light. New Jerusalem has a wall. New Jerusalem has 12 gates. New Jerusalem has 12 angels. New Jerusalem has 12 foundations. New Jerusalem has 12 pearls. The 12 gates are affiliated to the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 foundations are affiliated to the 12 apostles of the Lamb. This wall is half a mile in height. These pearls, 12 in total, are quite possibly going to be around the same size as the wall. 26. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. So like I say, New Jerusalem is going to be quite a, quite an object. And here, the nations, those that are saved in the millennium, those that are born during the millennium, are going to bring their glory and honor to New Jerusalem. They're going to pay homage, but on a greater scale than the Magi's. 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So, it seems to me that on the one hand, those of us which are in New Jerusalem, redeemed, glorified, sinless, angel-like, perhaps 260 feet high, although don't quote me on that, are going to be sinless forever. And yet, it seems that there is a possibility that there is sin outside of the camp coming from the saved nations but that part of 27 but they which are written in the lamb's book of life and i spoke about this from chapter 20 some weeks ago that if you want to get your name written into the lamb's book of life simply believe simply believe on the lord jesus christ trust in him and you are forever saved one thing to mention which i overlooked last week was from 21 verse 9 you've got three sevens which of course is god's complete number on the seventh day he rested 21 9 and there came unto me one of the seven angels which had the seven vials full of the seven last plagues and talked with me saying come hither 
I will show the bride, the Lamb's wife. 777. We are very much coming to the end of Revelation. We are very much coming to the end of the church age, of course. The end of the tribulation, of course. The end of the millennium, of course. In fact, some people believe that these verses are also in reference to eternity. Some people think, and I'll discuss this next week, Lord willing, that during the eternal state, the age of ages that those that are on the new earth are going to be taken from the new earth because there'll be so many of them and they will be sent to some of the planets in outer space. It's quite a thought. But I guess if I was to try and sum this uh, chapter up, I would say this, that New Jerusalem, if you were to sit in a car and drive solid, will take you around 72 hours to completely cover its entire distance. 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles wide, 1,500 miles long. And at present, like I say, there isn't a jet, military, or civil on the face of the earth that can fly that high. In fact, these rockets that they fire into space take a long time to reach places such as Mars. Uh, Those rockets which they fire are manless. They are Manless, because if they were to put a man or an animal into such a uh, object, would burn out, would die. So, I will just give you some more measurements to further underscore the size of New Jerusalem. Manchester to Barcelona just about does it. 1,100 miles, but not quite. If you were to then return back to Manchester and then go from A to B, or again, base at the bottom top, bottom, or draw a pyramid, if you will, bottom of the pyramid, left to right, up, down, that gives you some idea as to uh, traveling from A to B. If you were to fly from Singapore to Sri Lanka, that's 1,600 miles, which is slightly over, or Singapore to the Philippines. Then return and do it again. Okay, that gives you some idea. Or go back to my uh, description of my coach journey from... London to Lake Garda, 24 hours, we stopped twice, it was a killer. And if we were to come back and do it a third time, we would have covered the entire length, distance and breadth of New Jerusalem. I'm not sure that makes any sense to you, but that's the best I can do when it comes to trying to explain New Jerusalem. It's going to be for the church and the 12 tribes of Israel are also going to be a part of New Jerusalem. But strictly speaking, New Jerusalem is for the body of Christ. New Jerusalem is going to be from Pentecost to the end of the church age, whereas the 12 tribes of Israel are going to be on the new earth in their third temple, sacrificing animals, and we will no doubt see what they are doing. We will no doubt be with the Lord during the thousand-year reign, of course. But I don't know if... Those on the earth, redeemed Israel and the nation spoken of from uh, 24, 25, 26 are going to be allowed to enter New Jerusalem. I don't think so, because New Jerusalem is the Holy of Holies. New Jerusalem will be the eternal abode of the Father, the Son and the Spirit. And therefore nothing, 27, that defileth or worketh an abomination or maketh a lie, can enter into such, but they and they only which are written in the Lamb's book of life. That's a great thing to consider. Or put it this way, and I will close. For those of us which are saved, 
Living on this earth, seeing what we see, hearing what we hear, is the nearest that we will ever get to experiencing hell. And those on the earth today which are not saved and are able to enjoy what we enjoy as saved people, for them, that's the nearest they'll ever get to heaven. But if you're not saved, get yourself saved and rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I will close it there. And next week, pick it up from Revelation chapter 22.